Welcome to the Sharon Cliff Podcast. I'm a business coach, a mentor, a wife, mama four, lover of wine, and a consumer of dark chocolate. On the Sharon Cliff Podcast, a real talk, no fluff podcast, myself and my incredible guests answer the hard questions with practical advice and fun. Sharing stories, tips, and the how-to, we explore mindfulness, marketing, building wealth, self-care, and all things business. A podcast to inspire you to take action so you can create a life and a business that you love without the burnout. To find out more about me, head to sharoncliff.com.au. Turn up the volume. Let's do this. Today's guest on the Sharon Cliff podcast is Gillian Kelly. Gillian is a qualified career coach, an award-winning resume writer, a certified personal branding strategist, and currently head of talent marketing for Outplacement Australia. Jill partners with people determined to be taken seriously for the next role and organizations who want the best advantage for their people during times of workforce change. Careers change, we move up, we move on. Jill helps people do both. Your resume, your LinkedIn, your brand, your strategy, each piece carefully designed so that role that you've been thinking about becomes a reality. Jill's credentials include a seven-times medal winner in the Toast of the Resume Industry Awards, founder of Outplacement Australia and the Career Agency, 10-plus years in outplacement and career transition, supporting workforces during complex transformation, past Divisional President and Fellow Career Development Association of Australia, 2020 CDAA Excellence in Career Practice Queensland Award winner. She's a Forbes Council career coach. She's a five times invited Tory Resume Awards judge. And in the career sector, a keynote speaker and media contributor for Qantas Magazine, Courier Mail, Melbourne Age, Sydney Morning Herald, and Marie Claire. Turn up the volume and let's meet Gillian. Today's guest on the podcast is Gillian Kelly from Outplacement Australia. So, Jill, welcome to the Sharon Cliff Podcast. Thank uh, you. What, I'll, what I'll do is um, get you to tell the listeners who you are and what you do. Basically, I'm a career coach, I'm a resume writer, I'm a personal branding strategist. Essentially, I work with people to help them move forward with confidence in their career. At the moment, I'm head of talent marketing for Outplacement Australia. So, we work with organisations when they're going through times of change to help their workforce following restructure, redundancy, or, you know, basically workplace changes. Fantastic. Lots of, um, lots of work out there at the moment with everyone trying to uh, change careers. Usually sort of January, February is a big time for everyone to sort of think, oh, new year, new job, new me. So, um, yeah, it's a a good time to be having a chat with with you and, um, you know, sort of getting getting the latest on, um, on, on careers. So, Jill, what I want to ask you is, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, my goodness, I wanted to be everything. I think I wanted to be Wonder Woman for a while. Um, then I wanted to be a writer. I wanted to be a chef in a, mo- in a like, a, ho- a restaurant on a mountain. Um, I wanted to be a speaker, uh, lots of an air hostess, you name it. I wanted to be it. I think I just, you know, had massive, massive different dreams of what I could do. <laughs> So I can see some correlations there, you know, recipes, I suppose, uh, resumes made up of lots of different ingredients and writer, obviously, you know, you've, you've gone down that path. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I suppose it's been a bit of a lead into to where you are now. Jill, obviously, as a, as a resume writer, you've got to have great writing skills. 
what tips have you got for writing the catchy headline so that, you know, your your resume or your application stands out in, in such a crowded market because, you know, we're hearing that there's, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people going for, for positions that are advertised. So, you know, and, and a lot of people don't have good writing skills. I mean, I'm not a great writer. I'm, I'm better in verbalising, so I'm not a great writer. So for someone who's not a great writer, what tips have you got? Look, I think that writing today has changed. So by all means, you know, having a great headline on your resume is one thing, but the reality is the way hiring is occurring is changing, which means in the future of work, the work finds you, okay? So more and more hirers, projects, people are being engaged um, by being found online. So I think that the, the important thing to keep in mind is when you're writing a headline, it's not just that it's got to be catchy, it's also got to be optimised. It needs to be something that will help you, particularly if it's part of your LinkedIn profile or any online bios. It's got to be something that is um, search-friendly. So in your headline, you want to do two things, basically. You want to um, tell people what you are. So use the search term that they would be looking for, so what you do, and then you want to be outlining the value you bring so you're you're wanting to write something that tells people what you uh, the value that you will bring to them so like for example Sharon I think yours is ideal you know you're a business coach who helps people move from burnt out burnt out to lit up that's perfect because as soon as they start searching they will find what you are but they also very quickly get a short sharp insight into how you can help them and and the value that you bring and I think that's just a great example of how to write a catchy headline yeah, for sure. Oh, there you go. I've nailed it. <laughs> yeah, you have. <laughs> I didn't, uh, didn't realise that. And and so, you know, you just spoke LinkedIn specifically there. And I and I think a lot of the times we sort of fall into the trap where we pretty much grab our resume and drop that into LinkedIn. So I want to hear your thoughts on that because I see a lot of people saying, yeah, you know, what's in your resume should be on LinkedIn and then a lot of arguments against that saying, no, you know, it's it's, it's very different so what, what do you think as an expert in LinkedIn? LinkedIn and your resume are two different vehicles going towards the same goal, I guess. Um, your resume is a formal document. It's a one-off document aimed at a specific position. LinkedIn, on the other hand, is a proactive tool. So it's aimed at um, proactively building your credibility and your visibility. Your audience is going to be broad. Um, and it's a social media platform, at, at, you know, basically. So Rather than the formality of a resume, what you're wanting to do is come across as credible and approachable. So it needs uh, a lot more personality and voice than you would necessarily put into a resume. Um, in a resume, you wouldn't refer to yourself and you wouldn't tell as much of your story as you can do on LinkedIn. And, um, yeah, so they're very different documents and um, they, they're, their uses are quite different. Yeah. And with the language with LinkedIn so should you be saying Sharon's got experience in this and Sharon's worked with this or do you say no I've worked so because I sort of see a combination of both and it's like well should I be talking about me in the third person or should it be like <laughs> I did this or I did that well, again, it's a networking tool. So if you wouldn't talk about yourself in the third person, if you were meeting someone, I wouldn't recommend doing it on LinkedIn. Um, ideally, you know, it's a conversational vehicle. So um, I personally am of the school that you, you use I 
you don't use your, you know, the third person. But there are some instances where people feel more comfortable with that. That tends to be, you know, very high credibility kind of roles, I guess very senior kind of roles. Sometimes they will, or, you know, celebrity type of roles, sometimes they will talk about themselves that way and it can work. But I, I really, really am genuinely of the school that you, you speak how you would you know, if you were meeting somebody, this is about telling your story. It's about sharing a little bit more of who you are in a professional sense still, though. So, you know, obviously, again, credibility, visibility, approachability is what you're looking for on LinkedIn. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing, you know, you're not, if you're, if you're posting across different social medias, what you post on Instagram and Facebook, you're not going to put that exact, exact same post across on LinkedIn. You're going to be tailoring that to that sort of more professional not sort of corporate, but more of a um, you know, sort of professional kind of language and, and tone and the imagery that you use would be very different to what you use on Instagram. Absolutely. It's not TikTok. No. <laughs> no, it's not. Don't, don't do, don't do the TikTok thing. Oh, so you know what? Um, there's a few people who have done really well on LinkedIn with the dancing, but um, generally it's, um, yeah, a little bit more conservative than your TikTok audience. <laughs> True, true. And, I mean, they've obviously, um, you know, there's lots of different features within LinkedIn which, which I want to delve into, but the, the newest feature that I've seen on there is, um, you know, obviously stories and, and it's only uh, visible on, on mobile devices and, and I see there is a bit of that creativity and a bit of, you know, that sort of I guess more of a personalised, you know, Facebook, Instagram sort of feel popping up with stories, which is great because people then can have a bit of fun with it and, and you know, be a bit more ease and sort of show that sort of personality side and, you know, the, the character. And, you know, it's only there for 24 hours. So, and the likelihood of someone seeing it is quite a lot at the moment because a lot of people still haven't realised that stories are there and that they can use them. So, I think that's probably a great way to introduce maybe a bit of that sort of personality and, you know, sort of fun character side. Yeah, I think they're trying to bring in some of the elements of the other, you know, platforms that make the feed more interesting and a little bit fun. Let's face it, on a Friday, you're not looking for, you know, deep level reading content on professional topics. You're, you're just looking to have a bit of a banter with your community and share your, you know, Friday feelings or your Monday morning feelings and all the rest. Um, so, yeah, they've got more of that. And certainly video is very big on LinkedIn now as well. Um, so that's becoming something that's also enabling people to just connect a little bit more and also be a bit more creative and, and themselves than written posts allow. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, you know, that this last 12 months has sort of brought in is that people were just doing, you know, images and, and a written form, whereas now because everyone's so, you know, comfortable with using Zoom and using video that people are now sort of jumping on, on the video because, you know, in Facebook and Instagram, we, we did use a lot of video, but not so much on LinkedIn. So you are seeing that more now. So, you you know, and as you said, it is about connecting human to human. And so LinkedIn has bought sort of that more human side of it now, which is which is great to see. And so, you know, sort of spoke there about, you know, the types of content. What I wanted to, I guess, draw a bit more attention to is the features within LinkedIn, because, you know, obviously, you've got your posts, um, we mentioned before about the stories, but what about, what, what are your thoughts, you know, and you've got articles that you can write on there as well. What are your thoughts on things like, um, you know, the recommendations that you've got and then, um, you know, groups and things like that? What are your recommendations on, you know, are they valuable as a tool to use on there or are they something that you sort of, well, you know, they're not really going to add any value so do you not put any effort into getting people to do recommendations on there and I know we're talking about two different things and then also, you know, the group side of it. 
is it worth getting involved in groups or is that not really taken off like Facebook has? Look, I think from the recommendations point of view, I certainly think that um, that's an important aspect of credibility within your professional profile. So that's part of your profile. And one of the things I would always say to people is make sure that your profile is really well written, that it's really complete because that will help boost your visibility, assuming that it's complete. And recommendations, let's face it, we trust them. We do that in any kind of aspect of business now. We look to others to confirm whether this service or business or person is, you know, uh, has got a, a good reputation. So I do think that um, having recommendations is valuable. Um, as In terms of groups and those sorts of things, I think it really depends on you and how much you're going to use LinkedIn and, you know, um, how much of your tools it is and, and how much investment of energy you want to make into the different areas. What I would say, though, is I think that some of the features that you do want, you do want to post, you do want to have some documents, you do want to be interacting in, you know, select groups. And I would also say you want to monitor your analytics in LinkedIn. It's a, you know, one of the features that um, is, I think, undervalued is just understanding who's looking at your profile, how many people are looking at your profile, um, what's, where are they from, the ones that, uh, you're look, that are looking at your profile, because that will give you a, a sense of the nature of your community and the nature of the people that you are attracting. And we know that, you know, when you're sending a message out, you're wanting it to go to your target audience and um, those sorts of things really help you sort of identify whether that's the case. And also the search functionality. You know, if you're looking to build um, a, a particular network, then, you know, it, LinkedIn is like the one of the most incredible tools for finding data on people in a professional sense. You know, where else can you get this data and get access to people that might be quite in a once upon a time we would never have been able to access I had Ariana from you know from the Huffington Post sort of commenting on uh, a comment that I put on one of her posts you're interacting with people that you just wouldn't see in day-to-day life so there's some great I think there's some great functionality behind LinkedIn that enables you to connect and build a network the right way and I would say the right way (laughs) sure and, and the other thing too is that, you know, looking at who your, you know, first, second and third degree of connections is too. And I love yeah. that sometimes it comes up and prompts when you're looking at someone and say, well, actually, if you talk to this person, they could actually, they're a second degree, so they could actually connect with that person. And I think people aren't utilising that part of LinkedIn enough. And I know that if you have the, the pro version, and there's a lot of talk about, you know, do you have the free version, do you have the, the paid pro version, and what are the pros and cons? And I think, you know, if you're heavily into that business development side of it, you know, you can use a lot of that sort of sales navigator. And I have, I've only played in that sort of um, very lightly, so I have, I'm certainly no expert. But, you know, there is so much more in LinkedIn. Like we're only really looking at the tip of the iceberg. We're really probably not using LinkedIn in the full capacity that that is available, I think, as well. Yeah, and I honestly, I would tell people, you know, if you're applying for a job or you're trying to connect for business purposes, you know, LinkedIn should be one of your first ports of call. I would never suggest to somebody putting in a, an application for a position until they've checked out LinkedIn because, as you say, those second and third level connections, they're actually where most of the beneficial juice can come um, because they can connect you into someone who is in that organisation or, or, you know, it would be wonderful if you connected and, uh, you know, you checked out your LinkedIn and found you had a first level connection into that organisation. But we know 
in jobs and also in business, referrals are gold. A warm introduction is so much better than going in cold and um, certainly in careers it, it has a much significantly higher likelihood of you getting an interview and meeting with the hirer if you have a warm introduction. So, yeah, definitely you're wanting to shortcut the anonymous, you know, hard work and get in there and start talking to these people without pushing them without and I think that's a really important point there's etiquette on LinkedIn so it's not you know you want to use it the right way not abuse it yeah and that's the thing um you know I get so many DMs every day and it's like although you know they'll, although they'll connect with me, me and then within 30 seconds of connecting there's this massive you know message about hey I can do this jump on here and, and it's like Wow, you've just met me and you want to marry me already. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> still <laughs> yeah, we're still gonna follow the normal, you know, the traditional um rules in in you know marketing and and um and networking. And I just yeah, it's funny because sometimes I think because they're on that in that in that online space, and you know, it's the same on Instagram where they just think that, oh quick, we've got a connection, boom, sales pitch. And that just is such a turn-off. And I think, you know, if you are gonna use it as a sales tool, sort of you know, introduce yourself. Then jump in and say, "Hey, I've got maybe I've got this free resource. You know, check it out." And then sort of build, have it, have a bit of a you know a, a banter sort of backwards and forwards in in a real conversation like you would. And then reach out and say, "You know, hey, is there anything in your business that I can help you with?" Rather than Absolutely. doing a, you know a big a big sales pitch as well, because I think we wouldn't do that in real life. And so we're just going to make sure in that online presence that we're still you know being true to who we are. I think that. That comes from confusion as to what the tool's about. It's it's not a sales tool. It's a relationship building tool. And the building part is the important bit there. You don't just go, you wouldn't do in real life, walk up to a stranger and ask them for a favour. You just wouldn't. You, you build on that relationship and you build trust and you build relationship capital. It's okay to ask something you know, short and minor, but if you send an automated sales hit up, you're just going to turn them off. So, yeah, I think that's probably the mindset that people need to realise. Yes, you can be strategic about using this tool to create sales, absolutely, but the bottom line is it's relationship building and you've got to build that relationship before you can be um, touting your sales or asking them to marry you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a date first. Yeah. Um, and, and so leaning on from, you know, those sort of icky sales DMs, there's also, you know, the do you accept everyone's um, connection request or do you sort of weed them out? Like I know personally if if um, I look and see that, you know, they've only got a, a couple of connections and that they really haven't got anything posted on their profile, like there's no history that I can see, there's no images, there's nothing really in their headline, and I'd be like, mm, they're probably going to be a bit spammy, so I probably don't know. Generally, if I'd see that we've got mutual connections, I'd always hit yes straight away because, you know, probably, you know, maybe four or five years ago when I first got onto LinkedIn and I got onto LinkedIn through you, you know, you introduced me to that that tool sort of, you know, five or six years ago now. Um, I was just yeah. accepting everybody. But, you know, it's like you wouldn't just, you know, make make friends with everyone. So I think it's probably been sort of strategic with not just having accepting everyone that comes on with requests um what are your thoughts on that are you you connecting because I see a lot of people go no I'm very harsh with who I actually connect with so there's that sort of there seems to be like either one's everyone's either saying yes or everyone's probably saying no to most people and yes to a few so what where do you where do you strike that balance with LinkedIn with connection requests 
Look, there's a there's different schools of thought and people have different opinions on that. Look, there's something about saying, first of all, you've got to be wary that what, you know, if you're getting requests that look dodgy, there is, of course, like any social media platform, there are, you know, there are dodgy operators on it. So you're wise to, to always check them out before you connect to decide whether this is a, a good idea or not. Um, when it comes to... Um, you know, whether you connect with a lot of people or just a few, again, it comes back to your business, I guess, um, objectives, particularly because, as we were just talking about, loose ties do create opportunities. So sometimes they may not specifically be your ideal target market, but they may create opportunities that you don't realise. So I, I think that's a really personal sort of decision. But one of the things that you can do to manage that, of course, is to change your LinkedIn option to say follow rather than connect. If you're wary, if you're wanting people to be able to follow your content, but you don't necessarily want to connect with everybody, um, just switching it in your settings so that connect comes up on, uh, follow comes up on your profile rather than connect on your profile is an option for sort of managing so you're still getting followers, but you're not necessarily creating a huge network of people that you don't know. So there, there's options on how you do it. Uh, personally, I, I guess one of the things that I do know is that obviously a broader network does create more visibility for you in some ways and will optimise your profile, you know, to a degree. So, you know, there's pros and cons for both, really. But, of course, who, who's in your network and what you what you read on your homepage as well will affect your feed so you know lots of lots of decisions there to make but I do think that's something that you need to think through to work out what's going to work for you and it also might depend on your industry as well you know there are some industries where you you know security is really important so you don't want to be visible to the entire world and have everybody know your details so again privacy settings are really important I think I think that's a big thing because for me I like the visibility of people when I'll see my picture and and my my headline and sort of my, you know obviously my current you know trying to get out there is, is business coaching so I think it hides sort of the rest of my work sort of prior to that so it's just sort of being savvy in ch- checking what settings you've got on too so make sure that you know people can see your profile picture they can see your, your headline and then you know if you want the privacy with everything else then you know have those settings switched off to only people that are actually in your network so probably just be mindful of that with any social media as well you know really checking those privacy settings as, as well as I think um I think a great tip I think your point about your headshot is really important too. You know, they're going to see your headline, uh, your name, your headline and your photo every time they see any interaction with you. So that's a really important element. What are, what are your three go-tos for, for being able to, you know, someone who might not necessarily have a lot of time to spend on LinkedIn or, or isn't sort of across, you know, what LinkedIn's all about? What, what are the three things that someone can jump on there and, and get really good value out of LinkedIn at the moment? First would be making sure your profile is completed and optimised. So making sure that if somebody is looking for someone with your expertise and they're doing a a search, which lots of recruiters and people are, you're coming up for those searches so your profile has got the right skills in it, the right words in it. I think that's really important. I think you need to build your community and to do that you you need to be in there so dedicating some time each week to going in and making a post or a comment or an article you know or a video you know something 
that keeps you, you know, consistently in it because I think consistency is so important to most social media platforms, but particularly LinkedIn. And I think the last one is you need to be active. Otherwise, there's not really much point. If you just go and post it like a resume, you're not going to really get any value much out of LinkedIn. That What you want to be doing is being active within it and giving like you would any other, you know, kind of networking event. So going on LinkedIn, posting your resume and doing nothing is like going to a networking event and standing in the corner, you know. Um, There's no point to it. So what you're wanting to be doing is going in, and, and building that community, being active, commenting on other posts, giving more than, you know, asking to receive like we were talking about earlier and just being strategic with how you set up your profile, you know, as I say, optimization, so that you are found. When people are looking for you, you're found and that's going to be the key to the future of work, whether you're in your own business or working for someone else. For sure. And I guess, you know, if you are really sort of time poor, if you're just doing, you know, as you said, you just even if you can do one post a week, jump on and comment and, you know, add some, add some value to someone else's post. Also, you know, if there's a great article that you see there, perhaps share that across your network. Share it. Do a few. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sort of moved on the lines of Facebook now where you can do um, support and like and there's like the different share the love. There's, you know, I think there's five different things you can do now as far as, as, far as engagement. So, you know, it's just sort of just jump in and, and do that, you know. And if you do see a post that's really good, you know, comment on it, tell the person and, you know, and share it because there's some great stuff on LinkedIn now. It's, it's starting to really be, you know, quite diverse with what people are sharing now. It's it's um, it's changed a lot, so which I think is awesome. If you like and comment on an article, that's going to help the person because that does boost the, the visibility of that post more so than if you share it actually, which yeah. is interesting. Now, if you share it, it doesn't really help them as much, but if you like and comment an article, if it's a great article and you like and comment and make some engagement on it, that's going to help the individual and that's just a really lovely thing to do, I think. It's funny. I've got to share this story, a true LinkedIn story. Two years ago, and my husband and I had gone to Adelaide for our anniversary. We'd been looking at getting a new car because I had the seven-seater and the kids, you know, starting to get their licences and went, you know, we're going to downsize. He'd been watching some videos on um on 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 this particular Audi and um it's like, oh you know, this is the car, it's awesome. Anyway, and he'd been keeps bringing up all these YouTube posts and um anyway, next minute, someone in my network had gone into um an Audi dealership and they they connected with the sales guy from Audi on LinkedIn. Anyway, this YouTube guy had gone in and done um, an Audi video with this same sales guy and this sales guy had um, posted on his LinkedIn. I'm like, oh, my God, that's that car. My husband's been banging on about it. Watched all the, watched what they had to say about the um, the car and I was like, oh, that's awesome. I was like, that's, that's on my dream list to get that car. Next minute, we started a conversation on Private Messenger. In the end, when I got back from Adelaide, that car is now, two years later, in my garage. <laughs> I bought a $3,000 car off LinkedIn by watching someone else's video who was a second connection because they commented on the video about how good the car is and I bought a car off LinkedIn. The power of loose ties, that's the power of LinkedIn. I love it. Love it, love yeah. it. And, again, you know, you can connect with anyone if you do it in the right way on LinkedIn. I think that's just a, a brilliant example. <laughs> and it's funny because after I um, I got the car and I then posted to LinkedIn with this sales guy with me in the car going, you're not going to believe it, I bought this car through LinkedIn. And the, and the engagement that post got was unbelievable. So, yeah, yeah you, I mean, you never know. You never know who's watching you never know where those connections are going to lead. So, you know, you might think that no one's watching your post or no one's commenting, but you just, you never know where, where it ends up. You know, it probably, 
a good two or three weeks later, I went and got that car from that guy. Like, and I, it, probably there's a little caveat to that story as well in that, you know, you were saying you never know who's watching, you know, seeing your LinkedIn. You do never know who's seeing your LinkedIn. So if you're in employment and you're posting on LinkedIn to try and get jobs, you really want to be very careful because, as I say, it is a public platform. So you need to manage your privacy and your posts and how you handle LinkedIn. But I love that story. That's brilliant. What a great example. Jill, thank you so much for coming to, to plan the podcast and, you know, sharing so much gold on, on LinkedIn and, you know, where people can really use it as a fantastic tool for themselves, whether they're working for an organisation or whether they're an entrepreneur or have their own business, et cetera, I think there's some great tips there. If listen, if listeners want to, um, you know, come and work with you and work with, with you on whether it be LinkedIn or through their resume and, you know, you also do interview coaching, uh, personal branding, what's the best way for them to get in touch? Well, I'd be crazy if I didn't say LinkedIn, hey. <laughs> Find me on LinkedIn. Look up Gillian Kelly, Gillian with a G, Kelly, and I would love to connect with anybody who's been listening to this podcast or following your show. Um, really enjoyed being part of it. Jill, at the end of every podcast, I've got a question that I ask everyone, and I know I'm putting you on the spot here. Uh-oh. And every time you walk into that room for the rest of your life, this song plays. What would that song be? Celebrate celebration I like that song there's also a, a Michael Frandy song I think it's Michael Frandy that says I've got your back and that's um that's a song that I truly truly believe in, in if you're in my tribe I've got your back and I, I like that song as well so anything that's got an upbeat and a positive vibe to it you'll find me um in that room and probably knowing me because my pension spur having a short attention span I'd probably be running from room to room looking for different positive songs <laughs> so that's what you'd see if you're on LinkedIn, Jill is very active on there. She is an amazing writer. And get over and connect with Jill on LinkedIn. And also um, make sure you hit the follow button as well because the content that she shares is absolute gold. Jill and Kelly, thank you so much. Ah, it's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Wow, so much gold right there. I'd love to know your thoughts on this episode and any suggestions you have for future episodes. Get in touch via Instagram, Sharon underscore Cliff, or my website, SharonCliff.com.au. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share on socials, make sure you tag me in, or leave a review. The Sharon Cliff Podcast, helping you build a business and a life that you love without burning out. Have an awesome week, and I'll see you next week.